Praise God. I know that's right. No matter how hard it's yet. Thanks for calling home for me. We have been Had chemistry because she was a cancer. cancer. Woo. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not me, concert. All right. right. <laughs> okay. Okay. No Praise problem. God. What's right. up, friends? What's going down? Hey, everybody. Sorry we're late. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry we're late. Yeah. But we're late because we just could not. So there's that. <laughs> Tuesday was a rough one for sure. Um, I love Tuesday though. Tuesday was was great. It ended great. Tuesday yeah. became what it needed to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. we think, need to fellowship. Yeah, I think yeah. Tuesday is also a lesson to share here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In terms of like, sometimes you just cut the stuff off, take yeah. a step back, mm-hmm. just yeah. commune for a little bit. For yeah. sure, I loved it. Yeah, I definitely feel that way because I feel like rejuvenated today. Mm. But Tuesday, I think I was like two days off the trip from Miami and. I learned a valuable lesson because I just didn't want to do anything, which is very unusual for me because I'm always ripping and running. I'm always putting my feet to the ground, always next task, this task. And I might like take my time with my task, but I'm always doing something. Then I recognize like that's my problem. Mm. And I also have been like disillusioned with what my actual experience is doing and ripping and running yeah. because for the most part, I'm enjoying myself. I'm getting positive outcomes. I'm making progress. But when those things are happening in the midst of constant pressure, constant confusion and stress, and I mean, just for example, just for example, at the film festival in Miami, we were having a good time. It was a star-studded weekend. We was on South Beach. We had the connects, whatever. But also, like, not having an industry pass means that we couldn't get into certain events. We had to show up places early. We had to, like, fight through crowds, finesse ways, and, like, make sure with our handler. Like, it just was a stressful experience. Um, And that's kind of just where I am in the midst of this, like, quasi-fame. Like, people will ask me how it feels to be famous. I'm like, girl, I don't know. Like, niggas don't know my name at the door. Like, (laughs) Like, you know, so it's really... An interesting space, but I've just needed to slow down, and I keep getting signs, signals, miracles, and wonders uh-huh. um, that I need to set down. Mm-hmm. Last week, you know, calling myself being, what's the word? Taking initiative or whatever. Um, I recorded my parking lot before I left for Miami, and we had to do it with just myself and one of the people on my team, which was fine. He did a good job, but pulling all the stuff in, I broke my, tea, my teapot and my teacup. Now I have two backup teacups. Broke the second teacup today. Like, <laughs> and it's been a generally good morning. It's actually my anniversary. The parking lot turns three Happy today. Yeah. Anniversary. Woo, woo. Parking lot turns three today. So, you know, I put a video up on TikTok just giving myself my flowers. Because um, I don't stop to smell the roses in many ways. So um, that was my lesson learned for this week. I mean, how you know you weren't just full when you came back from Miami because you was doing all that eating when you were out there? <laughs> I don't know what was chewing on you. So like, I had the itis is what you were saying. You, but that's what it gave to me. <laughs> I put that on my own. Mama, go hey. check the real. Please go check the real. Yeah. If you ain't seen it already. Oh, thanks. How are you saying? What's going on? Oh, on me. <laughs> oh, me. Oh, my. Yeah. It's So Tuesday was a doozy. Um, I guess we'll talk about it in a second, but... It's definitely a reminder that sometimes when you're trying so hard to keep up appearances or be on the same frequency as others because you don't want to let people down, you'd be surprised to find that they are also 
probably experiencing their own things. So mm-hmm. um, I really needed a break mm-hmm. on Tuesday real bad. Um, but I will say all in all, it's been a very productive week. I had my first like... Um, so for those of you who don't know, I'm transitioning from social media to really focusing on marketing and being behind the behind behind the scenes. Um, and I had my first campaign mm-hmm. that um, I did in my new role, and it I've never felt so warm inside mm-hmm. in my life. Like mm-hmm. it was the most. It was amazing, honestly, yeah. and I can't wait until it comes out. But, like, even everyone on set was like, Sam, this was so good. Oh, my God. And it was just – and Olivia was there. She ate. Ate, ate, ate. Oh, I forgot the word. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have forgot. Okay. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a really great feeling. And so um, I'm definitely in that space of – I'm not so focused on what the results should look like yet, but I'm really just having time in the present. But shoot, being in the present be a lot sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. so I have my days. But I'm maintaining. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What about you, friend? I love that for you. I'm good. Mhm. Ding. Okay. I'm just good. Feeling <laughs> good, and I'm sick today, but mm-hmm. that's why I love tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You get him out there. Somebody uh, come get him. Okay. Somebody come, come get him. him. All right. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, no, I feel good. I think, again, I don't know what shifted that last, like, what was that, three weeks ago now, four weeks ago? I don't know what it was when I told you, like, I had that conversation with God, and this thing mm-hmm. just felt really real. Mm-hmm. I guess he wasn't sure he wasn't playing, child. So I've just been feeling really amazing. Um, I'm in this weird space of, like, trying to, like, figure out what's next in terms of, like, just what I want to do creatively. You know what I mean? I feel like sometimes when things get on autopilot, it can feel a little monotonous to you. And I'm realizing that, like, just because it's monotonous to me mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's to other people, right? Yeah. But you can just get in that flow. It's like, dang, I'm, I feel like I'm doing the same thing. And people mm-hmm. are being blessed by it, but it just feels like I'm doing the same thing. I want mm-hmm. something different. So yeah. I'm in that a little bit. Uh, hopefully feel better. I'm traveling next week. I'm going to be on um, doing some stuff in New York, so that's cool. I, get, mm-hmm. I went to L.A. this past weekend when she was in Miami. I was in L.A. Um, no, I wasn't. Yes, I was. Um, it was good. It was a fun time. People are kind. Like, people are so kind. I guess, like, mm. that quasi, quasi um, fame thing is interesting because on the one hand, like, again, like, people who in certain places don't know who the hell you are. Mm-hmm. But then walking on the street, people are like, can I have a hug? I love what mm-hmm. you do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's that weird energy. Mm-hmm. But people are just so kind. Like, mm-hmm. and some of y'all be lying to all the skin, the skin compliments, I guess y'all will take it. But oh, yeah. my goodness. But this person came up to me real quick. This person came up to me and was like, I got to know. Like, and this is in person. No Paris filter. Mm. Uh, so... <laughs> Not the light foundation. Okay, either. I got it. I ain't had on no tinted moisturizer. I mean, it was just like really that day. I got another skincare routine. So in my hair, I'm like, you want to fight? Because you're being cute. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And I was like, uh, water? I don't know. I'm like, I'm not the guy for that. But praise God. But yeah, people are just really, really kind, man. I really, I'm really grateful for like the kindness that people share with me. So yeah. I love that for yeah, you. Yeah, praise God. I love that for you. And I redid my home, so I just felt amazing. You know, yeah. Every time Your home is amazing. Yeah, you, you did it with that, you did you. with that one. This one, yeah. Every time I want like a fresh new home energy, I'm like, okay, this feels good. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. So, quick recap of Tuesday before we get into one of our favorite segments. Okay. Okay. We what? also have a customer service letter. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a really dope one. I'm Come on, customer it. service. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your Tuesday takeaway? Mm, from you guys or just fr- period okay ooh ooh I think my Tuesday takeaway I think I just basked in like the the simplicity and the flow of it all mm. you know what I mean I think sometimes 
in this, I don't want to say industry, but like in these interactions, even when you meet people, it can get like, it can turn to business really quickly. Like even our friendship turned to business really quickly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you don't get a whole podcast around it, right? So I think like yeah. it can turn, but I think those moments in which there's no real goal here, mm. we just kicking it. Mm-hmm. And it's like legit just kicking it. Mm-hmm. There ain't no like, we ain't meeting to talk about nothing. We just like legit are just checking in and kicking it. And so like mm-hmm. that was beautiful to me. Um, drinking is always fun time with y'all. <laughs> Cause not you a bartender. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't giving wine that night. I'm just talking yeah. about it. It wasn't giving wine, but praise yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, my takeaway is like everything doesn't have to be tied to progression. I've said it before, but I think when you do it, it's like everything does not have to be tied to progression. You are the mm-hmm. same person without every single detail of your life being tied to progress. Mm-hmm. You know. And there it is. That's ditto. the word. I was gonna say ditto. <laughs> That's the word. So customer service. I'm really excited about this one. Um, I think it's really dope, and I think all of us will have something really cool to lend to it. So, we don't have a customer service jingle, so I'm just gonna do this. Thanks. Come on, the thing is, I was gonna get me. (laughs) So, customer service report last year, I took a leave of absence from my job to pursue being an artist for a year. I wasn't sure if it would work or not, but I wanted to dive in and really give it my all. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but it's been a beautiful and really good experience that has paid off in ways I didn't expect. So I've decided to not return back to my job. But it's a bit scary because I'm entering the path of being a freelancer, which doesn't feel as secure as having a salary job. So don't. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I wonder... Do you have any words that you would offer to someone about freelancing and maybe even navigating some feelings of transition into a path that you know is a direction you should head into, but it's scary because it's not as familiar as where you've previously been? Hmm. Yeah. Who want to go first? I'll go first. I was making a TikTok this morning. I don't know if I said that, but yeah, I was making a TikTok this morning just kind of talking through my journey and I got a little bit... You know how we be getting riled up when the Lord gives us a, mm. finishes our sentence. Amen. Mm. Um, but two things. I remembered all the things I was concerned about starting. I was concerned about whether this was going to hit, what the feedback was going to be, what people I knew were going to think, and not just people on social media, but also like my family coming from this very religiously steep family in the Bible Belt. Um what they was gonna say about me running my mouth, about me cussing, about me wearing um, things that I usually would only preserve for like nighttime with my friends, whatever, not really on social. Um, me cussing, me championing black women over the protection of black men, me championing black queer folk. Um, what else, also me being a teacher and doing all of these things. Um, and then in addition, being forewarned that I wasn't going to get as far with my degree if I didn't continue education, if I didn't just go get a PhD. A lot of people didn't understand what I was doing. They, they, had, they had no vision for what I could do with something and so therefore didn't really believe in my processes. But God told me he had a thing for me to do. Mm. And so I willingly stepped in every direction he told me to step in and he met me the rest of the way. And I don't, I don't know what to say to someone in the position right then, but to have that crazy faith because that's all you can do is be delusional about your faith and be delusional about your work. And I know I just sat here and talked about ripping and running all the time might mm-hmm. not be the healthiest. Mm-hmm. But when you're expecting God to do a big thing, you have to act like and prepare you're about to walk into a big thing. Because what did you say prior to the episode? This crack on your iPad is mm-hmm. not as big. It's not as big as mine. 
you were supposed to say it. Blessing. <laughs> not as big as your you. blessing. <laughs> not as big as your blessing. So um, Amen. that's all I can say. Like, that's all I can say. Like, you, you, you have to know that three years, five years, six years down the line, on the day you decided to leave, you're going to be in a much more different place. Um, and it sounds... It sounds toxically positive, maybe possibly, but only your attitude is going to determine how you're feeling three, five, six years down the line um, and what position that you're in. So listen and be diligent um, in your relationship and doing what you are being led to do, even if it's not what you feel like you want to do in that moment. I promise it's going to pay off. So those are my thoughts. Mm-hmm. First of all, congratulations. Oh, thanks. Congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy you went first because um, I always say, like, your crazy faith <laughs> is definitely, you know, it's it's a pillar. It's a beacon of light. Um, and to our friend, you know, congratulations to you, too. Yeah. Because you're in year one. Mm-hmm. And my best advice for year one is to... Be ugly, get it wrong, change it up, stop it, start it. Just do what feels right for you. Because in this freelancer world, nobody knows what they're really doing until they do. And don't mm-hmm. worry about making it perfect. Don't worry about what how everybody else's looks or making it like that. And, and what I mean is regardless of whether you're on a platform where you're showing off on social media or you're doing something that isn't just in front of public, it's don't look at someone else doing what you're doing and think that it has to look the way that they do. Like this is your year to be in your journey, mm-hmm. to figure things out, to get it wrong, to have fun, to um, – Make your canvas so spread with paint that you give yourself room to be able to chisel it into what you want it to look like later. Um, But this is going to be a crazy year. And there's going to be a lot of people that don't understand what you're doing. There's going to be a lot of people that are like, what are you? Like, are you crazy? Like, this isn't the move. Um, And all of that is projection from them feeling like if I was to take the leap that you took, I don't know what I would do with it. Mm -hmm. Put that to the side. Like, have a good time with this because – Even though, yes, entrepreneurship, being a freelancer, it's not as certain as having that salary, it's still, there's still way more bigger opportunities and bigger leaps of, like people tell you all the time, you may have a time where your ebook takes off, right? And then a week after, nothing's happening. But that ebook check, if you do what you need to do, (laughs) the checks hit a little bit different here. Um, And sometimes they don't. But... One thing you always get is information and journey and all of that. So it's going to be a good time. Just just hold that faith that it's going to be good. I love that. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> a struggle bus over here. Um, yeah. No, I love both of those. I I, um, I would say get rid of your ego. Mm-hmm. I think ego like mm-hmm. doesn't have like a lot of room Mm-mm. in this environment. Just because I think ego will make you receive everything as projection, and some mm-hmm. of the some of it's good advice. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like everything isn't a projection. Most of it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> but everything isn't right. And so, mm-hmm. like if your ego is like responding to people prior to you, it can impede upon your progress. I would say faith is a really big part. Um, I quit my job uh, June seventeenth of last year, and um, I I quit my job at the time where I really didn't have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. 
but I quit my job so I could get some stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think people are like, oh, did you have, I, I got all the projections, right? Do you have six months of mortgage saved up? Do you have this? Do you have that? And I had none of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just felt in my spirit, I felt that faith that you were talking about that that it was gonna pop. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I, I just know something in my spirit is gonna is gonna happen. <laughs> Excuse me, and this is in the way of it happening. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like just really, really taking that ear. Even for me now, I'm I'm not a, really like a busybody person. Um, but a lot of that is a, is a, is predicated around. I know that my process is different than everybody else's. To your yeah. point, Sim, you you don't look to your left and to your right. Look straight. I think mm-hmm. people often look at what this person's doing to get to their result, and that may be what th- works for them. But that may not be what works for you. Um, and I also think, to me, I wish I would have done, done this a little earlier, but defining what success looks like for you mm-hmm, is really yeah. important. Because yeah. if mm-hmm. not, you'll start to tie what other people claim to success to be, which is money or whatever mm-hmm. that and it might not be success for you. And so you're able to really clock good job, vibes. Because as a freelancer, there's not those quarterly check-ins from bosses. There's mm-hmm. not that thing that keeps you on track, right? You don't really mm-hmm. know what's going on outside of what society tells you. And so I think define that for yourself and, um, and have fun, man. I think sometimes we look at this as like such a daunting task. And I told myself a long time ago, I'm not finna be in this joint miserable all day long. I didn't mm-hmm. leave corporate to be miserable over here. Mm-hmm. Like you're right. Some of them net thirties be giving net 50. Like what's going on, but it'll, it'll happen. Like this again, take your time. Don't use ego. Use a lot of faith. Get some community around you. Get rid of some folks. I know it's somebody. I know it's somebody in their life you need to get rid of. Cut them off now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and congrats. Go off. Yeah. Do your thing. Can I just ask y'all a question? Yeah. Did y'all feel secure at your jobs before you quit? Did you feel? Because he mentioned, you know, like having a salary job, like entering something that's not as secure. Did you feel secure? Um, secure is an interesting word because <laughs> I felt like I was getting a check every two weeks. If that's what you mean by secure, yeah. Did I feel safe? Did I feel fulfilled? Did I feel joy? <laughs> Did I feel happiness? No. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. I didn't feel secure though. I, 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 mind you, when I quit, honestly, the past like two years of that job, it was given. It could be any day now. Like, <laughs> from either which way. Who knew? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because I worked a job I didn't know what I was doing, which about my resignation letter had an LOL in it. <laughs> I just, it was what it was. Your resignation letter did not have an LOL. Who we need to read our resignation letters. I have mine I on the screenshot mine. right now. What oh are you my talking God. about? Mine is ridiculous. Oh my mine God. Mine is insane. Oh, oh wait, my God. Guys, hold on. Give us two seconds, guys. We'll be right <laughs> hold back. Hold for a Hold for a little piece of maintenance. Wait a minute. Where was I I just saw mine. Oh, wait, boom. I got mine right here. That's crazy. Okay. Um, hello, I'm going to reserve her name. Hello, blank. I'm sending this email to inform you that I'll be resigning from my position at blank. My last day will be June 17th, 2022. I appreciate my time with the company, and I hope that Sitecore, which is the program we use, I hope that Sitecore or whatever program is chosen makes life easier. LOL. Thanks again for making room on your team. Best. Huh? Not best. <laughs> it can't very much by y'all. I'm out of here. I'm Not best. <laughs> that was a two-week notice? That was it for me, guys. Have a good night. Woo. All right, well, I'm not going to find mine that quickly. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to find mine as quickly. We'll put them on social, y'all. Follow us. But, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I will put it up because I remember, and we'll give more color to it, but I remember, like, when I quit, and I asked y'all if y'all feel secure because my boss actually fired me by accident. She mm. was talking about me oh, to somebody else, <laughs> and she accidentally sent me the message, um, I'm about to fire her. Ooh. And I was like, well, do it. Work. And she was like, so rock it. I wanted you to see that. And I was like, okay, well, so do it. So rock it. Because <laughs> I was ready for the unemployment. <laughs> um, 
And so it became like a whole conversation of like, I just needed you to understand that I like you know, I can take this from you at any moment. I need you to respect and understand this position. So did I quit? No, I wrote in my resignation, I've been forced to resign. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was so pissed about it. But it is what it is. So follow us, hope for maintenance. Right. I'll send you the stuff. Go. You sure? Yes. Yeah. It's it's a bit of a read. All Ooh! right. I just want to say that I ran this by my man's mama, who was a teacher and like an, an administrator at her school. And I ran it by, I don't know. I don't know who else I ran it by. I don't know, but <laughs> I ran it by my department head. He was, he was like, yeah, go for it. Little did I know he was also planning on leaving. So he was just like go shooting the club up. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, dear Blank. Thank you for the opportunity to become a part of the Blank Culture Mission and Legacy. However, I've decided to release myself from my contract Ooh, with, release blank, with Blank Effective Wednesday, September 30th, 2022. I want mm -hmm. you to know that I submitted this September 27th. Uh, <laughs> these are trying times for everyone, and though I'm sorry I will be leaving the Blank family, I have decided that I should go at this time to secure my physical and mental health and stability. Mm -hmm. I would also like to take this time to communicate concerns I and many of my colleagues are having about the process of phasing in, talking about phasing in schools during COVID. Mm -hmm. um, simply put, many teachers feel the administration is not protecting them. Many think that while administration may be compelled to follow suit in conjunction with the board's decision to phase in quickly, there has not been any care taken to have open communication with teachers without fear of reprisal. We also feel that political motivation and opportunities for personal gain are superseding our faculty members' needs and the community of students we serve. Ooh. For that reason, many teachers have become disenchanted with the prospect of working at blank as it appears looking good, Ooh. falling in line, and being ahead of the curve matters more than teacher safety and livelihood. Oh. Which are, <laughs> which are essential up. to making the blank machine work. Oh. My mm. time at blank has been rewarding in many ways. Unfortunately, the recent climate has presented me with conditions that make me feel devalued as an employee. Uh. I hope Ooh. to maintain relationships with blank that will allow me to continue to partner with faculty here in support and of the volleyball team and Black History Month festivities and continue to serve the students we love in an impactful way. Respectfully, Leneva Nebos. <laughs> Listen. I don't know what was chewing on that school. But I know they can't stand you. <laughs> they haven't reached back out. They they did Surprising. Me. Surprising. I'm surprised. Because, yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well. guys, on yeah. that note, it is time for Niggas Online. Hey, we did it. All right. Moving along. Now I got to get back to the document. Man. <laughs> I know that's right. Continue. When I heard disenchanted, please, y'all might yeah. want to let that go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she out of there, y'all. Woo! In I three days, I had some nerve. And to sign it with respectfully, yeah. I, re I see why they didn't even look me in my face when I walked back in that school. Respectfully is such a disrespectful word. I want you to know that mm. also, I think in the body of the email, I said, I will be, I will not be coming on Monday and Tuesday, and I will be back on the 30th to get my things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Unmitigated gall. <laughs> I'll catch y'all Thursday. What she said was, I'm out and I'll catch y'all Thursday to get my shit. That's what she and said. don't touch my desk. Don't come yeah. looking for me. I'll find you. For sure. <laughs> don't call me. We'll call it you. It was, damn, well, hey, things need to be said. Moving along. <laughs> well, it was real. Praise God. All right. So. I hope that helped answer your question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, first topic. Y'all still normalizing assault. They stopped? Okay. Well, 
So recently, rapper YK Osiris forcibly kissed and touched Sukihana oh. at an event in Atlanta for the Crew League after a basketball tournament alongside Lil Duval, Funny Marco, and Buster Cher. While YK Osiris did this, you can see how uncomfortable she was, and they just sat, laughed, and watched. Now, after this, um, YK did put on his Instagram that he apologized. Uh, I'm going to read apologize to you. But um, at our big, big age, like, we have, I feel like there's been multiple conversations had, especially the, the type of atmosphere that we're in now where we understand at least the language of respect. Like, y'all didn't learn from, um, what's his name that was kissing the baby? When he was kissing random people, like, his trying to kiss his fans at his concert? He was? Yes. Uh, there was a video of it, of him, like, a fan, like, eh, He didn't want to be famous. Uh, he didn't want to have a career. <laughs> And he literally tried to kiss this girl in the mouth. And she was like, ew. Like, that's your mouth. Mm -hmm. That's your mouth. You you know Trey what? Trey Songz walked around like that. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's absolutely disgusting. All right. Okay. Well. So here go to Apology Tab. Um, mm -hmm. Let me see. Actually. No, 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 no. This is her dressing. response to his apology. So she says, I want to first say thank you to everyone who has reached out. Your thoughtfulness has not gone unnoticed. I'd like to address the event that took place on Saturday as well as the aftermath surrounding such. First, I want to acknowledge that YK Osiris has apologized to me both privately and publicly, and I have chosen to accept his apology. God always forgives me, and I can always forgive others. Amen. My accepting his apology is not my excusing or lessening the severity of his actions. This is destiny choosing to give grace to Osiris. He is young. It is my prayer that this experience will cause him and others to be more mindful and respect the personal boundaries of others. I am human, a woman, a mother, a daughter, before I'm an entertainer. No matter what my lyrics express, I still have boundaries and a right to have them. Again, I have accepted his apology and am working towards getting back to my life. I'm giving YK the grace and forgiveness that I wanted to be given as I was discovering and defining myself on this very public and sometimes unforgiving entertainment platform. Thank you again. I deeply appreciate your support. Hmm. What's y'all thoughts before we? Hmm. I don't know what we're gonna say. That's brand new. Well, so are you guys familiar <laughs> with Suki's platform? I know her from Love and Hip Hop, but I didn't follow her music after seeing her on that. I don't even watch the show anymore. Yeah, I saw the Funny Marco interview. Oh, okay, that was hilarious to me. Um, I'm familiar with Suki with a good coochie because of Twitter. Mm. Okay, I love her. She okay. is so funny and so just crazy. But um, on her platform, she talks about her sexuality very openly. Mm -hmm. um, she speaks about her and her man. She speaks about, I think, her OnlyFans and stuff like that. Um, and I appreciate this apology because it shows, like, I don't care how much I sexualize myself online. I don't care how much I talk about my sexual experiences. When we did the Freak Nick episode... Mm -hmm. You spoke about specifically OBO. Yes, yeah, some of these girls was coming there to have sex and have a good time. But That's sex not with, with right. <laughs> not with you, with who she chose. Right. And I think that we just really got to get to a point where you guys stop seeing women being free in their sexuality as an open invitation to you. It does not mean that I just want to be mauled by everyone and I'm just free game. Um, but I think this was also mature of her. And I like the fact that she spoke about, you know, this unforgiving entertainment platform because people do make mistakes they're learning in real time and i don't think that it helps us to just be like i'm just never gonna forgive you you're canceled you're done i don't think that's effective behavior so i thought it was real grown of her 
I think it's gray. Um, I mean, and I'm trying not to project or make this personal. I just, I understand this. I think it is effective and progressive, like you're saying, to not just try to cancel somebody. But I think we do have to stop including the verbiage that... Um, excuses the behavior we can't say i'm not excusing while giving reasons why it could have happened so saying he's young young boys need to be learning i don't know like young boys need to know better that's my that's my only part and i i think i let out a raspberry um when you read that part because um i just know we often find reasons to say like they didn't know and they're young and they were excited those are literally all things we need to actively work to reverse um, or identify them as recognizable traits that help to perpetuate rape culture versus things that are reasons why the rape culture was done. Because you're saying the same thing. You're talking in a circle to me personally. Yeah, I think people's ability to read the room. I, I, I guess I was watching it. I was like, is he not reading the room or, mm -hmm. or has he missed misgaged her value mm -hmm. and i think both were kind of like working in tandem you know what i mean mm -hmm. i think sometimes it's like do you think because of the content she makes she doesn't deserve based on respect because i think i could put another woman in that same scenario who you wouldn't do that with mm -hmm. based on what you think you know about that person who you mm -hmm. also a stranger as well i'm not sure how close they are behind closed doors but mm -hmm. there are certain women you would not pull that with mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how are we defining what that value is that says, mm -hmm. I'm going to give her a boundary, the luxury of having a boundary, mm -hmm. whether she's communicated that or not. Mm -hmm. But if you do this kind of content, boundaries no longer matter for you because you haven't allowed me in. Because mm -hmm. to the point, people think when you talk about sex or when you show your body or you're wearing things that are revealing, it gives me license to then be able to touch and move and the things. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, real quick, I was watching this girl. She's a, a stripper and also a um, rapper, and she was talking about how she was working in the clubs, and she was, just to get money, she wasn't really comfortable there, but she was dancing, and she was on the table, and it was a club, a club where you get, got fully naked, sorry, and um, a guy spit in her private part, and what? she like, he like, was like, hey baby, and like, and spit in her private part, and so, what? when she went to the back to get herself, you know, kind of together, she was talking about how like, the people in the club never really protected the strippers, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. they were always just kind of like, yeah, they don't. they're gonna present the people who are spending money, and mm -hmm. she was just kind of talking about it again, like, because I'm a stripper, I'm, I don't deserve baseline mm -hmm. versions of respect. And I think the bigger conversation here, in my opinion, is you don't get to assign someone else's, someone else's value. Mm -hmm. They do. Mm -hmm. And all you get to do is respect it or move around. And I think we just kind of get really, really murky when it mm -hmm. comes down to people who are either sex workers or revealing or the things. I agree. And seeing the way people are discussing it, um... I literally see first, it's really disgusting seeing some of the responses from men when it comes to Sukiyana. And right underneath that, I want Sukiyana to drop this character she's putting on, shaking my head. That boy felt it was okay to just grab her face and kiss her because she protests like she liked that shit. The next one, I love Sukiyana, but she asked for it. What? I'll like, what do you guys want people to do? 
I think we all know nervous laughter. We all know mm-hmm. trying to keep the peace. You know what I mean? Which is very they want different. somebody to like punch you in the face, right? Yeah. And then get beat up for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you supposed to say when you're uncomfortable? Most people kind of, all right, <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because I'm on camera. <laughs> like I'm, yeah, I'm trying and to. And there's you. people, mm-hmm. right? I mean, here's a weird thought. <laughs> a weird thought, right? I can't promise I'm gonna keep shit cute. <laughs> Not promise I'm gonna be in public keeping shit cute. <laughs> Maybe we don't put our lips and genitals on people until we, like, are super sure. Like, super sure. Maybe we slow move into some of these things, a little eye contact, make sure, you know, if we don't feel comfortable verbally. Maybe we just really don't ever walk into a space assuming that you want me in this way. Because I I think niggas think consent reduces their machismo. Yeah. Yeah. And that's weird. I think to ask makes them feel less. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. my goal in life is to be dominant. Mm-hmm. And if I'm dominant, I'm not asking. And then if I'm dominant and I'm exuding all of the sexual whatever and pheromones, you want this automatically. Like, and if you don't want it automatically, then I'm also less. I don't care what happens. I'm asking strangers. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't. Even in perfect. I, I, I love you. I'll be I'm like, can I give you a hug? Can mm-hmm. I give you a hug? Yeah. I don't know you. Mm-hmm. I just don't know you. I don't know you. I feel yeah. uncomfortable. I don't know you, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and like, people, we appreciate when people ask us, can we take a selfie? Asking you to put your face on my face? Like, come on. Put your things in my things? Like, ask me. Ask me. Now that you say that, though, I've had, I've had some run-ins where people don't really get boundaries, too. I'm like, yeah. no, never mind. None of y'all get boundaries. I'm like, I'm, I'm about to get somebody in the ring. Don't nobody get boundaries. No. <laughs> yeah. I've had half and half, which I'm saying, I appreciate yeah. when someone asks me, can we take a selfie? Like, in Miami, I think that was, like, the first time I started experiencing that. Like, people asking for every stage of, like, the meeting you process. Like, do you do you have a second? Like, even that. Mm. I find, appreci- I really appreciate that. Um, and so to know that there are scales of appreciation for consent, for you to just be walking up, putting your mouth on somebody is crazy to me. I was kissed at a club once, and I didn't know. Oh my god, you didn't hit him? Not I'm sorry, we know. Out of my mouth, and it was a woman. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I did. She asked me for a picture. We took a selfie, and she gave me this big kiss on my cheek. She's like, "Just thank ah! you so much," and she kissing my cheek. Yeah. I don't know. Like I don't know either. <laughs> I guess we don't condone violence, but, like, just knee-jerk reactions be, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But, yeah, that's my thoughts. All Mm -hmm. right. Well. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. All right. So, Ariana Josephine went viral recently. I hope I don't sound ridiculous, but Ariana Josephine. Okay. What? (laughs) Who is Ariana Josephine? That's the girl's name. Oh, we don't know. Oh, her. this is oh, yeah, oh no. this is just a person that this happened to. Yeah, got right. you. <laughs> All right, fine. We can leave it in. I was gonna be like, can we do it? It's fine. All right, Ariana Josephine went viral recently after posting a photo of herself in Home Depot in a Home Depot apron, and folks bombarded her with comments saying that she's too pretty to be working there. Folks even took it upon themselves to find out her job and location. Um, Shaquille O'Neal even took it upon himself, not Shaq. To reach out, okay, and send compassionate words, but it also looked like he was trying to slide in her DMs as well. Um, y'all are weird for thinking that beautiful people cannot have jobs. What is that? I have thoughts about this whole situation because I saw it as well. Um, I, where do you even begin? So, it's a very pretty girl. Um, 
The Too Pretty to Work at Home Depot, I think, is already a layer of pretty privilege um, and beauty politics, and again, assigning value to people who have a certain set of circumstances. So that's one thing. And, um, but I also, huh? We were just talking about this. Yeah. But I do think that even the way she responded, again, talked in circles and still kind of committed some type of problematic conversation. Um, she was saying like, I'm not too pretty to work at Home Depot. I wanted to get an honest living and work a real job. And I want other girls who could possibly, and I'm, and I'm paraphrasing and I'm hoping I'm not putting words in her mouth, but essentially the conversation was, I'm trying to show what it looks like for girls who could get by doing other things to, to do an honest work and get honest pay. And all I could think is like, are you talking about the OnlyFans girls? Are you talking about the girls who choose to be Instagram models or whatever? Um, I just feel like, you know, do what matters to you without bringing other people down. Like just, if it's, if it's your thing, if it's your lane, if this makes you happy, if this is what makes you feel fulfilled in this moment for your life, then say that. But something that I was saying when I went to go do my talk at Black Feminist Future is what I realized in my master's program in African-American studies at the movement wasn't just sit-ins, but it was also sex work. It wasn't just the NAACP, it was also numbers runners. And so like there's this blanket of respectability put on black history in the same way this blanket of invisibility is put on um, black people's contribution to society. The way we learn in schools is so if you don't know about this, you won't feel empowered in that way. And the way that we talk about black history, celebrating all these respectable moments and movements, and we don't talk about people who are on record for having done amazing things because they, they live and operate in this area we don't deem to be a good con contribution to society, th those people won't feel empowered and it's easier to shame those people. So I just felt like that was committing that additional, like, I won't say violence, but an affront to those communities when it was unnecessary. But. Um, I don't know if y'all, do y'all watch Black Mirror? Um, no, but I've been told that I need to watch this season. Absolutely. It's a little scary to me. It, mm, yeah, 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 but it's still, it's, it's a good watch. Um, but there was an episode in the first season where these people were working in a facility where eventually after being workers, you would have an opportunity to um, audition for some type of better life, whether that's being a singer mm. or, you know, something where you would be enjoying your time rather than having to work. Um, long story short, this woman, she's a singer. She gets up on stage. She's beautiful. She begins singing a song. They're like, I love your voice, but you're so pretty that it just doesn't feel like singing is where you should be. Mm. They end up making this girl a sex worker mm. because they feel like with her looks, that's where she should be placed. Mm. And this reminds me of that where it's like, if she was a bottle girl mm -hmm. posting pictures that she was working at a club, would y'all say she was too pretty to be working there? No. no. You would feel like she's right where she belongs. But because she's working somewhere where she can, and quiet is kept, some bottle girls make the same amount as some of the girls at Home Depot or less, mm -hmm. depending on what club you're working at, depending on how many hours you get, mm -hmm. and depending on how you good are, how good you are, um, enough to get a decent amount of tips. Because at the end of the night, you still have to pay back the club and all the other people. So it just is a thing of like, y'all want to put people in the boxes that are comfortable for you. And it just sucks for this girl because now she is possibly going to be in a position where she has to work somewhere that she may not like to work because 
not only has she lost this job, but I'm pretty sure she's gone viral enough that other employers are probably like, mm, I'm not even trying to mm. deal with this. So that sucks. That's it. Ditto. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all are weird. <laughs> Y'all are weird <laughs> yeah, to sure. me. <laughs> I want to talk about one more thing. And I feel like this episode is going to kind of turn into we talking about whatever we talking about. But um, I saw something this morning right after wrapping up on the parking lot. <laughs> Did we talk about it here? We talked about it on the parking lot. We talked about it on the parking lot, Cop City. Yeah, familiar? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. I know yeah. you're familiar. So if you guys don't know, Cop City is a, um, I won't say a movement, but literally a facility the Atlanta Police Force is trying to develop, and it is going to be bigger than both the LAPD training facility and the NYDP what NYPD <laughs> training facilities put together, um, which is crazy because we don't even got as high of population as those cities, but that's how big it is. I want to say around 80 acres of land is where it's going to be. And they're going to have like, um, <laughs> I was joking and called it Andretti's and damn American Ninja Warrior sets. But if you can, <laughs> if you can imagine like a, a mock city for them to conduct like different training techniques um, and not just for police officers, but also for emergency um branches like ambulances and fireworks and all that not fireworks fire firefighters and all that and um georgia was not having it you know a lot of people did not want it to happen so much so that on the day where they were making a final decision on whether to sign for it i believe um a line was so long at the capitol people make public comment about it and against it for seven hours straight so seven hours worth of people came to say, not only do we not want Cop City, here are other things you can do with those funds because it's like a $90 million project mm-hmm. um, and 30 million of that will come from our taxes. Um, and before that, when it first came about, like 15 hours worth of people, somebody has been killed at protest sites. They're building this on like land that was supposed to be preserved for nature, land that has historically mm-hmm. been a plantation, historically been like um, where prison labor has existed and legislation was created to protect this land and then they put cop sitting on top of it so all these things um and what they were saying number one keisha lance bottom signed off on this when she was still in office i hate that people be ganging up on this black woman there was just some questionable decisions that came out of her time as mayor whatever and then who's the mayor right now andre dickens he's also signed off on it (laughs) um and I i don't got no compassion for that when your people are literally saying like no thank you but they keep saying that this is going to be an effort for them to better serve urban communities. Urban. Black. Right. Okay. I don't get how, you know, amping up the militarization of a police force is helping black communities, um, urban communities, poor and impoverished people. It's just not. And we know that this is just like you're trying to placate us. You're trying to make us seem like the decision isn't as horrible as we think it's going to be. And you keep doubling down on that. Like, no, 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 it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Just today, I don't know if it was today, but this week, a, I don't know whose city or county, whatever, but a police chief has had to apologize for them using a literal image of a black man as target practice. You can go see it on Olivia's story. Um, I don't get it. Because you can go to the gun range and what do they give you? outlines outlines of a human silhouette you don't need this what did you do it for 
But we know you don't have to apologize. Just keep it real. You know what you're using it for. You know why you have that photo and that image. And it's it's stressful to me because we just came off Black Summer of 2020. So many people were murdered, causing riots around the nation. Black people, all in the same effect of either being detained to death, quite literally, or shot on sight because they perceived to be a threat, or shot just to get them to sit down and shut up or whatever. But like the the goal, the action is always shooting us and shooting without any type of acumen or skill, but just shooting us, not shooting to disarm, not shooting to subdue, shooting with just un whatever, unmitigated anything. You're just shooting. And you put this black person's image on this whatever, target, why are we reinforcing the same shit? Today I talked about how, damn, the the commission is re- removing DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, from training for teachers and to be discussed in school, period. Because of gays? No, I mean, because of the gays and the blacks. Like, it's basically, this is a this is an easier way for us to say no to black history being taught in schools. Like, this this is what make us, makes us less ugly than um, what Florida has going on. But it's still doing the same thing. And you're saying that, oh, we're just going to refer to these concepts of these individuals as different or unique. And we're still going to find ways to, to teach the whole student and every single kind of student. But literally, we're seeing an example of, no, you won't. No, you will not. And you, it, it irks my soul. It makes me so sad and it makes me feel helpless because we sat there for seven hours and asked y'all not to do Cop City. We sat there for 15 hours and asked y'all to not do Cop City. So what do we do? What are the actionable steps? Because now all you're doing, like you've been doing all your lives since 1865, since the 13th Amendment is creating more and more legislation to keep us at bay. We're not dumb. We are not pulling shit out of our ass. I don't give a fuck what Candace Owens say to y'all. I don't give a fuck with that police officer. I don't give a fuck with that um, that little boy that be on TikTok saying to y'all, I don't care what black people you get to take your side. We're not we're not idiots, bro. And we're not idiots. And it be and it be those of us whose parents, whose circumstances, whose lives allowed us to be a little bit more versed in our history, more verse in, in sociology and anthropology and all the things to be able to understand our predicament, our circumstance a little bit more. But now you're actively taking those opportunities away from the, from the next of us. So what, what is it? Is this, and and they talk about us having conspiracy theories, but like, what the fuck do you want us? And it's not even conspiracy. Like we, we are seeing, we're seeing real history happen. We're seeing real actual steps being taken in a direction that could try to lock an enlightened black individual in a specific generation. You know, um, we had somebody on the last Fem Time we did with T, um, she spoke about her experience with a cop and we had a couple people right under that, <clears throat> sorry guys, we had a couple people right under that post that this is fake news. Like, this never happened. She's making it up. And it was a strange moment for me because I'm like, oh, yeah, because we've never seen several videos of police ab- abusing their powers, especially with minority groups, right? Like, that's weird. Um, and when you say the thing about conspiracy theories and 
their reasoning for not wanting to use these terms in the classroom. Y'all want us to believe so badly, not even believe, because it's not a belief thing, but you want to convince the masses so badly that these nuances did not exist. You want to convince people so badly that there was no, like once slavery was abolished, Mm -hmm. it was done. We weren't stopping you guys from voting. Mm -hmm. We weren't out there making it so that people could catch you and bring you back to plantations. We didn't have you doing slavery again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Like we didn't do none of that. Like Mm -hmm. what? We wanted you to go to your own school so you could be in your own communities. Like, we weren't separating you. You didn't have to use bathrooms and facilities that were poorly taken care of. It Y'all didn't take care of it. It was in your communities, you know? Like, we didn't make it so that, like, the laws gave language to prohibit you from having access to things that everyone... Like, that never happened. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy to me. It's mm-hmm. like, we are not making these things up. Mm-hmm. Our children literally have a lesser chance of being successful because of the circumstances that many of them are born into. That is not made up and it is not hate speech or teaching them hate. It is talking about how we got it wrong Mm -hmm. so that we can get it right Mm -hmm. in a real way and not just so that we can pretend that this didn't happen and then when the problems do continue to come up. Because right now, we the new Florida. I don't know if you know that. We oh are about God. to be the new Florida. I would not like for that to be the case. I'm going to be working on moving out of the country. Mm. Because mm. at this point, yeah. Mm. But, like, when the problems now do rear their head, it doesn't become a, like, hmm, how did this happen? It becomes a, oh, yeah, because um that constitution that we never worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Them laws that we had put back then Mm -hmm. that didn't really consider all of our people people Mm -hmm. um we should probably go ahead and yeah change that up yeah so yeah um i'm just convinced that the only way i'm not gonna say the only way but like we literally need uh a we need a purge of our legislation we need a new set of not even just governing bodies but just documentation because we keep trying to remedy a broken thing not even a broken thing a thing literally never designed to include us we keep trying to add all these things on top of it which does nothing but create loopholes for the spaces in between Mm -hmm. what i say about them damn uh peas i had a all right family listen up so i had a little um analogy (laughs) one time and i really hope i get it right because it was i think we was high in mexico but it was just (laughs) it came out so smooth and buttery at the time but essentially white people in america america itself essentially is the story of the princess and the pea white people exist as the princess we exist as the pea the mattress the mattress is you can call it our legislation, you can call it our society, something that they lay on comfortably, mm-hmm. something that they use for their rest. <laughs> and so instead of, you know, in the story of the Princess of the Pea, she lays on it and she's like, something's hurting my back. I don't know what it is, but I'm just going to put another mattress on top of it. Mm. Lays on it, gets comfortable, 
something's still hurting my back. Something's digging into my spine. I'm going to put another mattress on top of it. So instead of ever lifting up the mattress to see all the dirt and grime that's underneath, all the things making them uncomfortable, they put mattress on mattress on mattress on mattress on mattress on top of it. And now there's such a gap between us and them that they will never look down or never understand. And they can try to peel back a layer if they want to, but they'll never get to the root of the problem because we're down there and you're uncomfortable. You're literally uncomfortable because now we get to be and exist mm. before we didn't, before we were considered subhuman. And now that P formed in 1865, because now we have to be considered one of you and you never had any intention of going back to get us and you forgot about it. Mm. That's it. A word. <laughs> A word. Mm. Get the P up out of your um, mattresses, please. Yeah. Um, that was a word and it was beautifully put. But until we Thanks. get to the core of it and the foundation of it, it will always be an issue, no matter how many things that we try to add or eliminate. Y'all can eliminate the language. Y'all can eliminate that these little black boys will soon be grown black men and they will experience the side effects of racism at some point or another, whether you are trying to act like it exists or not. Last thing I'm going to say, there was another person that agreed with this in your comment section, Lene, that was like, look, racism, racism is always going to exist, mm -hmm. but we just need to stop talking about it. Oof. And that was crazy to me because what? you agree that it's real. You agree that it will exist and continue to affect others, what? but you just don't want to talk about it no more and you don't want to talk about it to your Because you're tired. Kids. Right. That's weird and it's whack. But I don't That's have a whack. choice to not talk about and it to my really kids because they're going to experience it. Y'all really some... I be trying to use my words widely. Wisely? <laughs> I be trying to use my words wisely because I understand there are a lot of people who ingest my content who are white, who are white and learning, um, who do not, who are trying their best to detach themselves from whiteness as it has existed. And so with that, you know, the things that we say are never really intended to attack all persons of a particular group, just the ones who subscribe to the shit that's that is devoid of human experience, that is dehumanizing. Um, so I try not to say certain words, but they're the only words that come up in my brain to describe. And so there were these young kids, I actually just heard about this on the read and, and did some research, talked about it a little bit on the parking lot today. But it's not just happening in Florida, it's not just happening in Georgia. We are very distracted because DeSantis is making such a fuss about it, which could also be a strategy if we're thinking mm -hmm. about it, mm -hmm. so everybody else can get their little ducks in. But disgusting systemic racism is also illegal in South Carolina. And there were these kids in an AP class. How many of y'all was in AP in school? Me. It's okay, sorry. <laughs> AP means advanced placement. AP means that you are being exposed to new and critical ideas. They're supposed to make you think. They're gonna give you them questions. You don't even know what the fuck the question is asking you, but you gotta come up with an essay of a response. Um, these are classes that you can get college credit for because they are so, they are such high, con so high concept. And I'm not sure if this was an English class, a social studies class or what, but she asked them to read Between the World and Me by Tana Hasey Coates. Now we, if you're familiar with that book, it's like a love letter to his son. Mm. Tana Hasey Coates is a black man, he has a black son. And so I didn't even ever finish the book, but a, <laughs> a love letter from a black man to his black son would consist of what, might you think? Let's just throw out some things, anybody? Mm. Lovely language, what do you mean? Something about, you know, self-esteem or just protection. Mm -hmm. um, Different yeah. talks you got to have. You are, yeah. Mm. Different talks you got to have. And also just as a black man in America. Uh, mm -hmm. These yeah. children snitched on the lady. Ooh. 
because this book hinted at systemic racism and that's illegal to discuss in schools and I might be feeling like a little bit bad about myself as a white person reading this so I don't think it should be a part of the curriculum at all anymore something that's existed in her lesson plan for years what happened to her? I think she's still teaching. I don't think she's oh, been fired. Okay, okay, she okay. might have quit. I don't know. Okay. Um, I didn't read that far. But y'all, I'm not going to talk about your children, but y'all puss ass, <laughs> hoe ass, duck ass, fuck ass, mm. motherfuckers, <laughs> <laughs> done reared these children who think themselves so entitled that they can step past racism if it makes them feel uncomfortable. So again, I yeah. say we are entering an era where systems that already tried to mute us saw them when we was turning up the volume, well, let me just make sure they can't get it here, where they spend eight hours of their day, where they spend most of their time being formed, where they spend their time figuring out how to enter society, where they get to experiment with societal societal interaction within these walls. I'm gonna make sure that they're not exposed to these things because we would like to keep the current thing as it goes and as it is. And I feel like they feel like we spent three years acting like we want to be racially forward. And so this three years can be an excuse for progress when in fact, this is a long game. And I could talk about this all day and I don't want to, but it, it makes me so angry. It makes me so angry. And James Baldwin has said it, to be a Negro in this country and be consciously aware is to be angry all the time. And I feel like the Hulk I feel like the whole you won't like me when I'm angry but like in the new you know I'm a Marblehead in the new movies I forget which one it was I think it's Age of Ultron where he doesn't turn into the Hulk the whole time and they're like hey man how did you manage not to get angry and he was like I'm angry all the time he just learned how to channel it and so I guess what I'm saying is I want some place to put this rage. I want to do something. I know one of my jobs in this fight is to be a communicator and a storyteller. <sighs> I just feel like everybody need to walk out. I need I need the kids to walk out nationwide. I need uh, the teachers to walk out. I need people to just not go to work. Make a statement make a statement like when we think about what these movements did they fuck with people's money and that's where they got results Mm -hmm. and i know so many people cannot afford to lose their jobs but those people couldn't afford to lose their jobs either Mm -hmm. but they changed the world and they're the reason that we can do things like this today yes they changed the world and like people i remember i think it was when we were it was the election that biden won the most recent election, whatever happened in the last three years, 2020, whatever. And I was doing countless videos. There was so much material referencing movements for voting rights in the past. And this black girl commented underneath my post and she said, to say because my ancestors did something that I owe them anything is is wild and crazy to me. Mm. Huh? And the only reason people might be so wrapped up in their current realities that they think that what their ancestors did is so far removed from them. Mm. But you are so caught up in yourself Mm -hmm. that you would waste their time. Mm -hmm. And like, this is gonna sound funny. You're gonna waste an enslaved person's time? Mm. Yeah. What? Mm. 
you're gonna waste somebody who's who spent months on that ship. You're gonna waste their time. Y'all bitches are disgusting, and I'm just cussing today. I'm sorry, but I'm I'm really feeling it. Like y'all are nasty. Y'all are weak minded. That's a product of systemic injustice. So I don't blame you all the way, but I need y'all to have a little bit more oomph than that. Like compassion. Yes, like yeah. we we not even that we owe them something. We owe where we are right now something to keep going for it to not stop here because you cannot sit here and say any black person in America, you don't got a family member that you can see racism all over. Did I tell y'all I think we talked about this. Did I tell y'all about the time I went to a white woman's sleepover and, and found out she was racist? You told me. Oh, okay. So let's talk about this real quick. <laughs> Very quick. Um, had a coworker. She was throwing a sleepover. I was, I'm very, I'm very nice to y'all, but I'm not, I'm not a very social person. So when I used <laughs> to go to work, I would go to work. Mm-hmm. Go to work, I do my job, I go home. And she was like, you know, you should lighten up. I'm doing a little sleepover thing. We're going to be doing arts and crafts. And I was also living in Buffalo, New York, away from everybody that I knew and loved. Um, so I was like, mm, I'm good. And then she kept, you know, asking, asking. And eventually I was like, mm, okay, I guess I'll go. Mm-hmm. Went over there. It was a really nice time. We were going to be going to Amish Town the very next day. Um, but the first day was, like, really nice. Went to sleep. Cool, great. Hospitality was off the chain. Okay. Next day we're in the car. We're driving to Amish Town. We're passing the reservations. And I'm like, oh, are those reservations? Because I've never seen one in person. She's like, yeah, that's where those assholes live. And I'm like, what? <laughs> No, no, Not I meant assholes. like the indigenous people reservations, like where, you know, no, I know exactly who you're talking about. They're nasty people. They're disgusting. They, like, and just started going off about it. And I'm just like, in my brain, like, I'm in this white woman's car right now. Mm-hmm. We are on the way to Amish Town. I don't know where I am. This is probably Ooh, not the time for, crazy. yeah, yeah, <laughs> this um. Uh, this is probably not the time for a lesson on history. So I just sat there and listened to her speak about her hatred of indigenous people mm-hmm. for about 20 minutes mm-hmm. um, because she would go to school with them and the interactions. Um, she said they treated her like she did something to them. Mm-hmm. And for them to associate her with something that people she doesn't even know did to them mm-hmm. is just ridiculous to her. Mm-hmm. So when we got back to work, I brought my book, Howard's in A People's History. Mm-hmm. And we sat down and we had a conversation and I said this book really breaks down like information in a way that you may be able to receive it mm-hmm. but did you know that in some of these tribes women had women actually killed their own children because they thought that was less worse of a fate than what they would have to experience if they kept them around um and she didn't know any of this and so when you speak about people who don't want to be linked to their ancestry, people who don't understand why it still matters today, this is why. Because if we ignore what happens in history, then we don't take the time to understand other people's stories. And yes, it may make some of us feel icky about ourselves, especially if we're related to the people who are oppressors. But we have to feel that ickiness to be able to respect each other. You cannot fully respect who you, we are, especially in a melting pot. We cannot respect others if we don't recognize how the people before us played a part in their histories. It's just not going to work. And I think the just listening to you say it, just hearing it back, I don't even think our priority is getting them to take on the responsibilities and the consequences of their ancestors. We want them to take on the responsibility for things they're doing to us right now. Mm-hmm. So even those people she went to school with, oh, they make me feel like I did something to them when it was people before me. No, you're still doing it today because I still live on this reservation. 
Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like you are still an active participant in this system that is actively doing something to me today, which is how a lot of black people feel. Y'all just get so caught up in associating current racism to slavery, then we then have to give you receipts because you act like this shit ain't never existed. Like that nothing's actually happening right now. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry it took us on a detour. Did you have any comments over there? No. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think conversations like this always make me go through like a range of emotions mm-hmm. just because I think there's so many people who don't have a voice mm-hmm. because they feel like how you felt in that car. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. isn't the time. Mm-hmm. And I and it makes me sad to think about so many black people who just are just trying to exist, mm-hmm. and it's like trying to exist in fire, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, do I put the fire out? Do I feed myself to have the energy to put the fire out? But I don't have any energy inside. Put the fire out, but I have to put the fire. You know, it's like this chicken and egg conversation. And I think there's so many disenfranchised, marginalized people who, in their mind, just don't have the time or the energy. Um, and, and quite literally cannot afford to care. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, you know, people who are so far removed from what it means to not be able to afford to care, so they stop caring. And so it's like you have to find this very nuanced version of a person to say like, this affects you, whether you're rich or extremely poor, right? I think that because in America, I'll say America, in America we are such an extremist place in my opinion, mm-hmm. right? Like either you're beautiful or you're ugly, either you're rich or you're poor, either you're famous or you're nobody, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it becomes this very interesting lane for a lot of black people to exist in the world that says, like, well, I'm, I'm never surprised when black, when black people say things like, my vote doesn't matter or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Because again, have you seen the changes as it relates to your interests? I don't know, mm-hmm. you know? And there's so many people who you know, working two or three jobs and trying to just support yeah. their family and trying to get their kids from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And just trying to have a good time mm-hmm. and don't have the time to, and are trying to avoid that rage that I think a lot of us just have because yeah. we are birthed into this idea that you have to work twice as hard to get half, you know? Mm-hmm. And it becomes like, well, I don't want to work 10 times as hard. Mm-hmm. I want a clear lane to travel. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to keep being burdened with a burden mm-hmm. for doing very, very minimal things. And mm-hmm. I, as a black person, and then you add and you compound that experience with so many other details, being yeah. a black woman, being a black queer woman, being mm-hmm. a black queer man, like, you know, all these different things. And so it's just like, dang, like, when you think about the burden that it means to just simply exist. Mm-hmm. Forget ancestors, forget, not forget them in literally, but forget them in this conversation, like in mm-hmm. this moment, forget ancestors, forget what's happening. Like you to literally exist in your skin today. Mm-hmm. It, and I think also when we talk about our footprint in this world, like existing as a black person honestly is activism. It just legitimately is. Like, mm-hmm. smiling as a black person is activism. Like, leaving your home as a black person is activism. And I think mm-hmm. we think about, like, I'm not doing enough, sweetheart. Trust me, existing in this world is enough because it's a, and it's, it's not a conscious fear I think we have constantly. But any day, we've seen it consistently happen with people who are minding their business. And I think we thought before 2020, before 2019, we thought that, oh, you know, they're from urban areas, they're in the hood, they're asking for it, they have gold teeth, they have blocks, whatever those things were that we socialized as, you know what I'm saying, urban. But we're literally seeing people who are legitimately not 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 placating, not antagonizing, legitimately minding their business. Mm-hmm. Like mind, like I'm talking about like like like, I mean like can't mind it more than they mind it in business, and mm-hmm. are still being met with blackness in a way that is not mm-hmm. fun. And it's just so interesting to see 
And again, it can be disheartening because you're like, dang, well, if I can't even just simply exist, like forget if I don't sag my pants, if I don't get tattoos, if I don't blah, blah, even that ain't going to save you, baby. Yeah, it's just nah. it's just really not. And it sounds cute to think that, oh, if I just talk the farm, mm. even hang, even your proximity to whiteness ain't going to change it, baby. Correct. And I, a lot of us thought that for a while. I'm going to just hang with some white folks. I'm going to go to Sometimes school. that makes it worse. Hello. Yeah. And so it becomes this really interesting fight. But at the same time, take a note from our ancestors, take a note from the 50s. We have to get out of this this selfishness that says if I don't get to benefit from it today, that I'm not interested. Mm, because there yeah. were so many people before us who had us in mind. Yeah. Uh, there's a gospel song, you know, we love songs on this podcast. <laughs> and the song says, Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you love me? Um, and I think about that as well as my faith, right? Like, who am I for real, for real, that mm. you died on the cross, that, that you went through all of those steps for little old me who you don't even know yet? Mm-hmm. Likewise, the slaves, likewise, people who are, who are, my the king, who were active in, who knew. It wasn't like it wasn't even oblivion. You were aware. I'm not gonna benefit from the work that I'm doing today. It's not gonna benefit me. And I can't imagine people today, it sounds like a lot of most people today are not willing to do that. But like this work is not going I'm not gonna reap the benefits. Not like I'm probably I might if I could just no no no. It's not gonna change for me in my lifetime. But it might change my grandchildren. Yeah. And that's important to me. Yeah. So it does feel like a slap in the face for you to be the great grandchildren or the next generation of people to then say, I don't really care about my ancestors. That ain't did that to your point earlier. Like there were slaves who were mindful of you in that fight. Yeah. Who were like, I'm gonna continue because somebody who looks like me is gonna it's have gonna a good need time. It. Yeah. You gonna waste Harriet Tubman's time? <laughs> Do you know how many times that lady ran up and down the United States to come and get y'all? Because she, she was better than me. She was better than me. Cause I would have been up out of the, like, at the I'm club so with my man kicking it. <laughs> it yeah. never gave go back. It just never gave that. And she kept it coming back. Kept going back. She kept coming back and then went up to them white folks over at the union camp and said, y'all whack at this for real. I can go get you about 700 slave people that'll fight for you right now. And went and got them. Went and got them. Better than me. There's an African, there's an African proverb that goes, um, I am because we are and because we are, therefore I am. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I take with me all the time. And in that in that example of Harriet Tubman, like I exist because we exist. Mm-hmm. Because we exist, I exist, like period. And so I can't act out of selfishness. I'm not doing this just for me. I can't just go and save, if I save myself and I don't save us, I didn't save myself mm. ultimately. Um, and I think that because we are a generation that lives in comfort, it looks like we can be successful until you get there mm-hmm. and you recognize how many roadblocks it is. Like most of us have been in, in rooms that some people have only dreamed of, but we know that we've gone to that room before and know what it feels like to feel like you don't have enough information, you don't have enough access, you don't have enough period. And a lot of times you're able to look at other people who do not look like you and recognize that they have less and are still being given more and are still being treated as more. And it's a crazy feeling. So I think that we need to let go of this like delusion of comfort. Like what you think is comfortable is not. It's not doing anything for us. And that comes from someone that I don't like nationalism. If I'm being honest with you, I don't like white nationalism. I don't like black nationalism. I don't believe in this like we are better because of this. You are Mm -hmm. better. I, I don't like it because at the end of the day, we're all humans. Race is a construct. But the reason that I hold on to my history and the reason it matters to me is because I recognize how things that took place hundreds of years ago are so present in how we treat each other today. Yeah. And it's 
like that this idea of somebody once upon a time being like well i want what he got and then creating this whole thing has really like screwed us all like and it's going to continue to so i just need us to really take ourselves out of it and recognize that there is no us without our people in total like we have to be able to consider how this is going to affect our grandbabies babies 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 like it's but in child global warming like we really got to stop thinking about aliens just popped up over in vegas (laughs) i'm not gonna let it go (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot on us like you cannot be just thinking about you and what's happening this weekend like there, there are people that you have to be there for with your actions today. So, yeah. And I'm, I think what you just said, OBO, has so much value to it and it makes so much sense and gives so much context to why some people might not have the energy. Um, but even the positioning of having to work two and three jobs, of being too tired to work with your babies, um, on their homework after school, that baby not doing well in school, even yeah. all of those things are a product of the very things that we're fighting against. And um, yeah. I can't say enough. I went, I saw this film during the film festival. There's a movie coming out called Day Clone Tyrone that I spe- think speaks volume to that aspect. It's starring John Boyega, Jamie Foxx, and Tiana Parrish. It's very good. Um, I keep forgetting the director's last name, but his name is Jules, and it was produced by a man named Stephen Love. This movie, y'all, and I'm not going to hold you. It, it was a Netflix. Um, it was on Sean Beckley on Netflix. And I've seen some of the movies they've been doing that are, that are star-studded. So I thought it was going to be just some bullshit. This movie is going to go down like the 90s movies used to go down. Like we can we can pin, point out, set it off, and poetic justice, and the wood, and like certain pillars. This is going to be a cult classic. This mm. movie, this mm. film is so good. And I feel like we should watch it together. When it comes out, I think it's going to come out in theaters for like a week and then come to Netflix, but we should save a day to watch it together. But if you're listening to this podcast, please make a note to watch Day Clone Tyrone when it comes out. And I know we're not into giving Netflix no more of our additional money, but quiet as it's kept, you can still watch it on your iPad or your cellular device and then like screenplay it. You don't got to get another account. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's that. And then I think on the upside, what we were supposed to talk about today is that actually like there's going to be an archive of Jet Magazine's. being republished and in this vein of conversation of this active effort to close off access to black books, um, to black experiences, to knowledge, whatever. I think it's really important to have something like this available. There are like 5,000 magazines. If you don't, if you can't remember Jet by name, it was the little like half of a half of a half of a magazine that used to be at the Mm -hmm. beauty store at the magazine stand. And these are... Like, these are some of the most iconic images of black culture, and it's going to be really exciting to have something like this. What page um, was the Jet Beauty of the Week? 46? Was it 46? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't remember. 46. I don't remember, but um, according to Getty, the archives includes 5,000 magazines, like I said, 200 boxes of business records, 10,000 audio and visual recordings, 4.5 million prints and negatives that chronicle black life from the 1940s until present day. So it's going to be really exciting to see our history through a journalistic and editorial lens um, and a fun lens um, because Jet was definitely that for the culture. So didn't really get to get too much into it today, but I definitely feel like our conversation tied, right, tied back around to the importance of us having archives and records and uh, presence physically on paper with information because yep. they are actively trying to take it away from us. 
And that's it and that's all. Thank y'all. Peace. peace. Bye. Is there a heart? Is there a heart in the house tonight? Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. <laughs> this is this part for me. <laughs> <laughs>